Hello, everyone. You're listening to Best One Sense. The next one, the podcast that dives deeper than my love of saying Fortress Inquisitorious over and over again into film and TV franchises and the fandoms they inspire. Fortress Inquisitorious, just so you know. It seems that uh, time is irrelevant these days. You know, Star Wars Celebration uh, has come and gone within the, the last two weeks. We're already three quarters of the way through the much anticipated Obi-Wan Kenobi limited series. So in the fallout of all this depressing news that all the things we like are going away, we decided to do kind of a roundup of sorts to continue chasing that magic, chasing that dragon. Uh, Here to talk Star Wars with me, like always, is Stephanie Cole. Welcome back, Stephanie. Uh, Glad to be here. Official Star Wars correspondent. Always ready to hop on the mic and talk some Star Wars. On the beat. Uh, (laughs) Yep. I love it. Uh, yeah, we, it's not like we have a lot of Star Wars to talk about or anything like that. So, well, you uh, know, just a little. <laughs> it's a little bit of a drought right now. Um, yeah, uh, great to meet you actually in person finally. So that was good. Uh, yep, celebration. <laughs> you're not just a disembodied voice. So we met, we, Stephanie and I finally met at Celebration along with uh, several other people that I've uh, yet to meet uh, IRL. So we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Mm-hmm. But um, today we're going to talk about, you know, just kind of process Star Wars Celebration together. Uh, hopefully it's interesting to you as a listener, but you know, it was so jam packed and so intense and so insane every day that being two weeks away from it now, it kind of feels like a dream. And, you know, add on, add on top of that, like I tested positive for COVID when I got home. So I've just yeah. been like in a, in a stupor for, you know, a week and a half since then. And wondering if it really was a dream. Yeah. I was like, did I dream all that? I, I feel like I used to have dreams like that in anticipation of like movies like that. I'd already seen it. And it was like the craziest fucking movie that's ever existed because it was all it was all dream logic. And I was like, that was good. Um, yeah. There are moments where I was like, did that happen? And it it definitely <laughs> happened. It was, you know, f- five days in Anaheim this year. What was your uh, general feeling and takeaway from the show? What, what were you celebrating this time and this year at Star Wars Celebration? It's weird because um, this would be my fourth Star Wars Celebration. Um, and... Every single one beforehand was uh, anticipating one of the new movies. Um, So the first one I went to was right uh, the build up to The Force Awakens. The second one I went to in Orlando was the build up to The Last Jedi. Third one in Chicago was the build up to Rise of Skywalker. And then this is the first one that didn't have like a movie attached to it. But it did have Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is I mean, kind of like a movie when it comes down to it. I mean, like, we'll talk more about that later when we dive into the show a bit. But the the anticipation level was like that. But it was so different because unlike the previous celebrations where they're like, they show you a trailer and then you wait four months or more for the actual movie and you have to just spend the entire time just talking about a trailer and like theorizing this time it was no we're going to show you the thing itself today you know like it's ready it's happening now like it'd be like by the way the force awakens it's coming out now and then they just show it to you like it was it was so wild to like have the thing that the whole celebration was so excited for happening while we were at celebration and then not just that but continuing to happen like we all come home in a daze and then it's like two days later there's a new episode and it's just back it's like this wild new world of star wars tv where it's completely 
like the thing that you're as excited as a movie for is just like right there. Yeah, I, I, that, that was a very unique experience. But every year I always say that that celebration that I just left is like the best one ever. And I said that this year too, because I think somehow each experience tops the previous years, like the, the level of not just the big experiences, but like the little wild weird stuff just keeps topping it one after the other. So. Absolutely. And it, I feel about celebration the same. I feel the same thing as I feel going to see Bruce Springsteen. I remember my first like time that I realized I was going to see Bruce Springsteen. I was like, do I, I really get to do this? This is like something <laughs> I get to do. And then you see it and it's like three and a half hours of a show which some people would say is too long, but I don't think is long enough. And <laughs> and it's like, oh, wow, it's it completely changes your chemical makeup to see Bruce Springsteen. And you're like, yeah, it's amazing. Nothing will ever top that. And then you go see Bruce Springsteen again. And you're like, nothing will ever top that. And mm-hmm. then you realize you're like 15 times into seeing Bruce Springsteen. And you're like, nothing will ever top that. Yep. And um, it's, you know, this is only my second celebration. So it'd be a little disingenuous for me to say, this is the best one ever. Because that just means it's better than the Chicago one. Which, <laughs> but, you know. It, it is saying a lot, though, because I mean, I had a really a soul searching time at that one as well as the Chicago, mm-hmm. the Chicago one as well as this one. And there are two completely different experiences. Chicago, I went with a group of friends from Grand Rapids. This time I kind of went like solo ish, like I knew people I could trust and hang out with and tag along with and, you know, converse with were going to be there. And I didn't feel weird doing that. I felt like Mm -hmm. I was going to see like my Star Wars family, which is really what the whole event feels like. It's like Mm -hmm. you just feel like you're in this like the safest place possible. Um, The first time I went to the the Chicago celebration, I said it's like you're stranded in the desert or like the jungle or something and you come across a a civilization that all speak your language Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, yes. And then you like, you know, slurp down the noodles, you know, it just feels exactly like that. Like you're with your people. You can say the craziest most off the wall shit or like reference the most obscure alien or talk about some deep force stuff and people are like oh yeah totally get it (laughs) so it's and then you get back home and people are like did you know that baby yoda's not uh, actually yoda and you're like yeah i know that (laughs) i I definitely know that did you know there's another season of mandalorian coming out you're like yeah i know that (laughs) today at my work i'm like we were talking about this and my coworker was like i'm going to name all the things i know about star wars and then she just like was listing off like names of random characters and she was like (laughs) and i was just like yeah i mean i'm back in the real world now i'm glad that i'm really happy you're enthusiastic and trying to show this with me but it's a whole different world out there (laughs) Obviously not to trash people that don't get it. It's it's honestly a sickness that like yeah. we, we act like this and think like this. And it's also one of those rare feelings where you're like, oh, man, maybe I, I am not as big as a fan as I thought I was because these people are insane. <laughs> like you meet some people, you're like, whoa, they really like Star Wars. So it's just like a great mix of, you know, just people that love it in, in their own all their own separate ways. So is there anything that you missed out on doing or that you think you would prioritize more next time or that you regret that you missed completely i think that the main one would be next time i definitely want to try and do the disney star wars nights um i really don't think that there was anything that i was like super disappointed to having missed i felt like we had the right balance of like panels that we wanted to go to and like chilling and not like putting too much on our agenda um but everything looks really fun at the disney star wars night and this is like I've passed on it before 
because like, oh, I don't know. I mean, it is expensive. I mean, it's like one more thing to pay for and stuff, but it just looks pretty amazing and fun. And I love Disney. I'm like a sucker and I haven't been to uh, Batu yet. So next time they have it near Disney world or land, hopefully land, because I prefer Anaheim, um, I will, we will try and go to that. But that's the only main thing. Yeah, it was a transformative experience, not to rub it in. But yeah. I was just like, what I was like, what the hell is going on? I, I kind of lost my mind a little bit. And I'll, I'll t- we'll talk about it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more. about it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I don't want to like put salt in the wound, but it's No, like, it's, it's okay. I've, I've come to terms with it. <laughs> I had to miss the, the like, premiere, the Obi-Wan Kenobi Oh, well, premiere. then we're even then. We're totally even. <laughs> and I actually, I, and I didn't make it into the Mandalorian experience either, which was like. A, oh, yeah, a, that was amazing. This, this surprise exhibit from John Favreau and Dave Filoni that brought every single Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett relic and prop uh, to the to the show floor, and like the middle of the the exhibit was Grogu and the M one mm-hmm. Starfighter waving at everybody. You, you full you, size, you, like life size. You were just got to that, right? We did. Uh, we I took a nap in the line, but I got in, and the um that experience like I kind of like when they announced it it was like the surprise thing there were a lot of surprise things at this celebration which was very delightful but it was like a surprise that that was going to be there and they announced it at the morning panel and I kind of thought oh I could probably pass on that because I think I visualized like a small selection of things of costumes or something like that when I thought about it sure and then people started talking to me and be like no you need to see this it's incredible and so we were like, all right, we're going to go see it. And it really was like everything. Like they <laughs> had like pictures. every prop you could imagine, every costume you could imagine, a whole animatronic Bantha. Like I felt like I was with a Bantha, life-size sets, props, and all of it was screen used. Like the cockpit of the Razorcrest, full-size uh, Naboo Starfighter, like I was so overwhelmed and I, I don't know. I just, (laughs) the Mandalorian and book of Boba Fett, I love them, but they're not like my main jam in the star Wars, like current thing. Like they're just like, I love, I love them, but like, they're not like the thing I get super pumped for usually. Like I kind of like intentionally sat out like that, those panels just being like, not because I didn't want to, but because we were like, well, we need a rest day. So we're not going right, to try right. for those panels. It'd be weird um, if you like protest, protest skip them. you like, no, I no. Yeah, no, no. I definitely love those shows. And I like freak out about everything on them, but it's like, there's so much star Wars that there's always like the one thing that you're like, eh, sure. like you're okay with it. Like you're good with it, but you're not like obsessed sure. with it. I was still losing my mind at that like to see the the dark saber and like be like that's the dark saber and like to see yoda's little lightsaber and like the like i was dying i was like that's a bantha i'm looking at a bantha right now it i looked, it looked so cool oh, so it cool. looked so great and like every time i went to go check into it it was like the standby line is five plus hours long and like, oh, yeah okay. yeah we only and- were able to do it because we had a huge chunk of time with nothing planned and i was like sure. oh, i'm gonna lie down on the floor and take a nap right now makes sense and it worked out <laughs> and i tried to do like the light speed lane but that was just a, a lost cause after a yeah. while which is it is what it is but it's funny that you say that about the mandalorian and book of Boba Fett aspect because it was very very noticeable at this celebration the changing of the guard of mm-hmm. we're shifting away from the sequels 
mm-hmm. we're going we're going towards the Disney the, the Disney Plus era of Star Wars, and mm-hmm. you saw that in everything from the panel content, except for like the Attack of the Clones panel, which we'll I'm sure we'll talk about. Oh, yeah. um, even down to the cosplay was like very OT light. Like the original trilogy, like almost didn't exist at this celebration. I feel like a couple of Vaders here and there. I barely saw any Lukes or Leias. So it was a lot of like Mando, Book of Boba Fett forward or like sequel trilogy or like prequel love. Lots of prequel love. Lots of prequel love. And it was very much honoring the current um, storytelling flow of Star Wars where it's like yeah. there's lots of prequel love happening right now. And the, just the, the mood of that was very, very noticeable and super refreshing for like a prequel focused fan like myself because that is definitely what i am which might be when it comes down to it why the mandalorian and book of both fat might not be my main jam because like just stuff in that era of storytelling is not like my favorite part of star wars like i'm like i love the original trilogy i love like the lead up to the original trilogy which is one reason why i love rogue one so much and rebels Mm -hmm. and then i'm all about that prequel era like that's my main jam right there and so i was living at this celebration it was really just like so good but i will say about original trilogy cosplay there was one incredible luke skywalker at the bar at the marriott just like sitting there like having (laughs) drinks and like eating a steak when we were there we like kara had to go up and talk to him because he was not just like perfect like tattooing a new hope luke with like everything like he's rolling up to the bar at the cantina, but he just was a dead ringer for like young Mark <laughs> Hamill too. And we were just like, this is wild. So we're like, That's oh, funny. look, it's Luke Skywalker just there having a steak at the bar. Do you remember at um, 2019 Chicago, do you remember beautiful Luke from the mural? There was like a, that big, like that all beautiful. That I, I mostly it? remember uh, the Pierce Brosnan Thrawn. Oh yeah, <laughs> and um, even even as a, as a big Thrawn fan, I was a little I was like, mm, that's not Thrawn. That's Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> I want Thrawn. <laughs> yeah. but there was like a, a like this beautiful looking Luke Skywalker painted <laughs> onto the New Hope part of the mural, and we kept walking by like, oh, he's so beautiful. Like, and not ironically, we're like, wow, Luke's beautiful. Like it was like this Just weird, like, like beautiful uh, man, <laughs> spiritual tithing to the uh, Star Wars mural, but maybe it was beautiful Luke sitting at the bar. He did have that like seventies like heartthrob vibe that Luke's kind of <laughs> rocking in A New Hope. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. That's probably the best part of Celebration. It's just like when it's over and all the freaks take over the the city, and uh, mm-hmm. it's just like um, Chewbacca having tequila and soda with like zam wessel at the bar and you're like okay oh yeah <laughs> like, or like you open a door a little mouse droid like zips out uh-huh. um it's so and good. then you then you go back to real life and you're like oh man there's no mouse droid zipping out of this bank i'm not getting cereal at a breakfast buffet behind darth maul this sucks <laughs> <laughs> i'm not getting uh gold leaf pringles cans thrown at me from a <laughs> obi-wan kenobi premiere uh, oh my god so crazy good. Uh, well, I asked Stephanie, we came up with together our each individual list of our top five moments at Star Wars Celebration this year. We're going to go down from five to one. Do you want to kick us off with your number five? I guess I will say that my number five moment then was probably the Attack of the Clones panel. That thing was wild. It bonkers, was bonkers, weird, bonkers. Bonkers. And you know what? I wouldn't ask for anything less for Attack of the Clones, which is my favorite <laughs> 
it's not my favorite Star Wars movie, but it is my favorite Star Wars movie to put on when I'm like homesick or like hungover or like just need to just not think, but just like absorb Star Wars. That's my go-to. It's just, it's my favorite. Basically, I just say that she's that messy bitch at a party who's like <laughs> such a mess, but we love her. We love her in all of her messiness. Um and she's so chaotic. She is all over the place. First, she's like jumping through a window on Coruscant. But next thing, she's on Camino. Next thing, she's having a romantic picnic in a field. <laughs> Yet, every single moment of that movie is like, I'm like, this is the best Star Wars nonsense I have ever seen in my life. And that's kind of what that panel felt like. It was oh, like totally. 100%. it was a messy panel for a messy movie. And just like that messy movie, we love her. We love her in all her messy glory. It was wild and awkward. And I was like, that's what Attack that's of the Attack of the wild Clones. Wild and awkward. Yeah. Wild and awkward. And you know what? I I wouldn't have had it any other way. And then on top of that, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen showed up for it, which was just like gave me life i was like uh will they i hope so because this is the movie that made me like the prequels like i loved all the prequels but attack the clones like i watched that whole movie so many times on the dvd and went through every single extra on that insane dvd and i just like read that visual dictionary front to back until it fell apart. Like that is my like gateway into the prequel madness that I'm still in today. So I, yeah, that was my, that was a top moment for me. As soon as Tamara Morrison took over and we just started talking about whatever he wanted to talk about, it was over. Like mm-hmm. it was just <laughs> Tamara Morrison talking about biscuits and someone yelled like a Bantha at him. And he was like, what? Huh? What? And, like, <laughs> and it was like five minutes of them trying to understand that someone was yelling like a bantha at him. I think my favorite part from that panel was when Ashley Eckstein was like, uh, so Ewan, what do you remember of that uh, <laughs> epic rain fight on Camino?" And he's like, I, nothing. I don't remember anything from it. <laughs> um, I also loved that he was trying to figure out why he had a stunt double for Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I immediately texted my friend because my friend does not no Star Wars at all, but she loves you and McGregor mostly because of Moulin Rouge. She's obsessed with Moulin Rouge. So I like had to text her right after and say like, you and McGregor talked about Moulin Rouge and she was like, what he said? Oh man. Yeah. That was so great where he was just, he was very introspective and loose during that panel. It was great. He seems to be having such a blast. Like he seems to be having so much fun and that made me feel good. Oh yeah, totally. He's so charming. I feel like we spent a lot of time with you and McGregor and uh, Hayden Christensen this this celebration, which was really funny. Like, got to go to my Sunday appointment with you and, and Hayden, or like my Friday night with you and Hayden. My number five moment is more broad, but it's like just the concept of like all these people that I've talked to through just like the fandom or like meeting Kara in real life, who has been like mm-hmm. just my buddy throughout the pandemic, and like we've we met through like the blast points podcast chill group page. I mean, same, same here, but like, it was just really special and really cool to meet so many people in real life. But then I also like on the same, on the opposite side of that same coin, I kind of had this weird like solo journey through the celebration and I felt like I was just kind of bouncing around wherever I wanted to. And that felt really good. Like I really did miss going with my crew from here, but it was nice to just kind of be like, what are you doing? What are you doing over here? And then, but then also take some time to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend, Matt Carey passed away this past year and he had gone to Chicago with us. So there was a lot of like 
time and you know reverence towards him and just going to see some things that i know that he would like just this concept of like putting actual faces to screen names or you mm -hmm. know podcasters that i really enjoyed and getting to meet them and talk to them for a little bit it was kind of like lonely at parts of that sometimes i kind of felt like it was like stepping back to let like the influencers and the creators and the, the makers like do their thing and like talk to each other and i was like i don't do any of that stuff i have a <laughs> podcast that's like talking about Jurassic Park right now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's like, I, I didn't feel like excluded by any means. I'm just saying it was just kind of like my time to go do something else. And that felt really freeing to be able to go do that. I had this weird moment with this guy uh, by the coffee shop there at the convention floor that was like, you know, people leave swag all over the place. People leave little like sticker kits or things on tables. Mm -hmm. And there was one left and he and I both reached for it at the same time. And I was like, oh, were you going to grab that? And he was like, no, I was going to get it, grab it and give it to a kid who had the best costume he and I kind of teamed up and like picked someone to give it to. And we were like threw each other a thumbs up at the end and just kind of walked our separate ways. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that was really great. That was like a really special moment that you can't really like translate to Instagram or like, you know, having a big group moment or having a panel. It was just like these really fun little personal moments. So it was like kind of fun to be a, a little bit of a free spirit. So that's like my number five is just kind of mm -hmm. bopping around celebration. All right. Well, I guess my number four would be kind of similar. It's that in-person interaction. More specifically, I was thinking about any time that we went, you were not there when we went to the Marriott bar, but like that sort of experience, which doesn't mean that hanging out was not like so exciting because I it's always so weird because I feel like I'm already friends with some of these people who I actually have not met in real life because I totally. am because that's internet friendship for you. But it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, like I actually have not met like Kara in real life. Like what? That's weird. That doesn't feel right because it's just like not it just like, you know, the internet, like your friendships feel so real life that you're right, like, yeah. oh, my God. But like, you know, just always like going to any social setting like a bar at the hotel nearby and everybody is there for the same reason and people are just coming over people are talking people are just in costumes and you're just having a chance to just like get drunk with a whole bar of people who are all there because they are insanely unhealthily in love with these space movies and it's like <laughs> there's nothing like that it's like honestly like one of those sort of transcendent social experiences and for somebody like me who is kind of a natural introvert i am i become the most extroverted person when i'm in these spaces at celebration i'm like ready to jump into every conversation i'm ready to sure. just like i know i have a point of connection with any human there so it's like yeah and so like those sorts of moments that that would be my number four and it's always on the top of the list but like yeah bar hangouts hanging out with people that's that's what it's all about 100 yeah that's it's funny um you know kara dj she's been on the show before she's mm -hmm. uh she does the into a larger world star wars fanzine for people who don't know her and i've just talked on and off for so long that there was like no background necessary it was just kind of like oh hey it's you yep. like, so <laughs> that's just kind of what it felt like you know like meeting you and like your sister i don't really know as much but like i feel like she's not on you, facebook that's mainly yeah yeah, yeah. For, which, uh, but we're the same person so <laughs> you know me you know her <laughs> 
My number four is the Tom Spina Regal Robot Blast Points Kirk Thatcher Return of the Jedi panel. Um, oh, yeah. Just an insane hour of borderline problematic storytelling. Towing the line up to being problematic from Kirk Thatcher and just like then easing off at the last minute. Insane slides of creatures that we've never seen. Behind the scenes facts of the ones that we know and love. For instance, uh, they dropped the bombshell that Max Rebo's ears are actually just flippers. Uh, something that I still have not recovered from. It's a heavy burden to bear. It's insane. It, does, it explains like, why he never had hands. That was wild. It rearranged everything I've ever known about <laughs> life. So just and just watching them, and that's another moment where it's like Blast Points podcast is like a point of contact for so many people that I've met through the fandom. And oh yeah, so, and it was this weird like proud moment. Like there's our boys up there. We know them sort of, but like it's it was just kind of fun to to see them having this moment that you know is a big deal to them as well. So many Blast Points fans in that audience. It was like going to see your favorite band, like do their first oh, yeah, big totally. gig or something and you're all yeah. got your shirts on and you're just like ready to go. Kirk Thatcher dressed like Captain Lou Albano, just <laughs> telling crazy stories about being hopped up on fumes from sculpting with you know, Phil Tippett, <laughs> falling off ladders, just the kind of stuff that you love to hear about Star Wars, where it's like mm-hmm. beyond the wacky, weird force stuff. It's just all the behind the scenes, like 70s, you know, rough and tumble type sculpting they did and things like that. It was a really, really fun panel and kind of a great way to seal off the weekend. It was on Sunday. It was one of the last things that I did personally, and it just felt like a great little capstone to the weekend. There was one one moment I wanted to shout out where uh, Jason from Blast Points, they revealed that the uh, size noodles, they revealed that Lopty Neck to get the puppet to dance to the same beat. They just used Super Freak, right? Which they, makes so much sense. But they started like blasting Super Freak for like two seconds. And Jason just goes to the microphone, what's happening? And it was, <laughs> it was like the, one of the funniest things that's ever happened. If you don't listen to Blast Points podcast, I just stop yeah. listening to this and go listen to that. Go listen um, to that and also go subscribe to Kerosene. Like those are yeah. your two, that's your homework. <laughs> that's, yeah, for sure. I, you didn't realize that this podcast was going to have homework. <laughs> We got you. Um, so, yeah, that's my number four, the Return of the Jedi panel. Uh, just really wacky, wild, wonderful stuff that was borderline problematic. <laughs> so. My number three is kind of related. It was me and my sister being the only two people in the crowd of the Star Wars stage freaking out for the Blast Points panel. So this is the story. Uh, we're like hanging out by the Star Wars stage live show. And, you know, it's like the, the first part of the day we think maybe some people are going to show up who are like a big deal that day we heard a rumor that pedro was going to be there we did end up seeing pedro there we got an inside tip from some of our our friends on the inside that knew what around what time he'd be showing up on the stage so we did get to see him that was fantastic however before that we were just hanging out at the beginning and like it was they were like announcing that it was going to be one of their like product things and they were and then we saw them setting up the regal robot stuff and like that's one of their times when like you know the audience starts to sort of fan out because it's not like a big star but my sister and i like oh no it's going to be tom spina we got to get up towards the front and like show up for (laughs) for for this so we're like we're like the only people in the crowd who are like screaming losing our minds when they're like tom spina and then he shouts out this was pre the panel he shouts out the creatures of return of the jedi creatures of jabba's palace panel and like talks about upcoming uh 
Max Rebo Anatomy News. And my sister and I just immediately like scream like, yeah, like in the middle of the audience and like nobody else makes any sound. So that like Tom Speed is like on the Star Wars show stage and he like looks over and points to us. It was like, they know what's up. (laughs) And, And if you watch it on the Star Wars show live stream, because uh, Jason told us that he watched it and then we went back and saw it. You can just, it's cause it's like, just, it's like a product thing. And then you just hear two people just scream. Yeah. And he's like, out there and we're like, yep, that was us. That's amazing. Some speed aheads. Speed. Uh, and then he saw us afterward and he saw like our uh, blast point shirts and he was like, Oh, so people actually are going to wear those. And we we're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was uh, like, uh, yeah. My number three, as an aspiring podcaster myself, going up and watching Sky Talkers and Talking Bay 94, like their live podcasts, mm-hmm. was really fun and inspiring. And it kind of like gave me a goal watching them, two completely different formats and different podcasts. Like Brandon from Talking Bay had senior creative executive Matt Martin on, and they had a really great conversation that was like about what it's like to be creative and be a social media manager and, and feeling outclassed by people when you don't, when you go for a job that you don't think you're qualified for but you really want and i was like hey that's like me (laughs) like that sounds like me so it just felt really good to like watch two people that are like successful at what they do talk about that it's possible you know what Mm -hmm. i mean that just things are possible if you just kind of like believe in yourself so it's just like that's a very star wars lesson to learn from some things um and then sky talkers who i'm always so impressed with their ability to corral their thoughts in such an eloquent way after you get your brains blown out by star wars you know and they're like yeah here's like the 100 things that i was thinking about that tie to greek mythology and you're like what (laughs) what's going on every time i listen to that show i'm just like I don't, I would never be able to do this. Like the way my brain does Star Wars, I can't like, I'm so blown away every time. I'm like, how do you like speak so eloquently about this? Yeah, 100%. Like, I feel like I'm seeing like feeling like sound and color for like two days. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's that's like yeah. my interpretation of Star Wars. It's just like, oh. screaming for me. It's like, it's like synesthesia or something, just all feeling. Just to watch them kind of put together thoughts on that one, but two uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi episodes in a row and just like, crush it and then have us pretty much like sold out room or not sold out but like felt like a full panel it was really fun to just sit and watch them kind of soak in the what they've built around their podcast and uh mm-hmm. so that, that was my number three was just kind of nerding out over the podcast star wars podcast elements and i feel like i walked away with a goal so your homework now is to listen to sky talkers if you don't listen to talking to me on 94 if you don't look at regal robot and tom spina's stuff if you don't and then listen to blast points and then buy Kara zine so yep A lot of homework. Yeah, a lot of homework. Yeah. Um, So I guess my number two would be, my number two would be the insanity of that morning panel on Thursday. First of all, the fact that I got into it was a whole, that that was a whole uh, odyssey of adrenaline (laughs) that miracles occurred. And my sister and I didn't actually get into the main room. We just, we got into one of the overflow rooms, but I was, I, I didn't care. Like it, it felt the same to me, the amount totally. of emotion that that whole thing experienced, that, that we experienced during that whole thing was insane. I couldn't believe the stuff that was happening. I was so delighted by the fact that they were doing other Lucasfilm things. Like I loved that they had Willow there and I loved that they had uh, Indiana Jones there. Like it, it really did feel like a big celebration of not just Star Wars, but just everything Lucasfilm is working on. And like 
I love that stuff. So I'm, and then Harrison Ford shows up like, come on, like it was wild. And John Williams, the Cassian Andor show looks so cool. Like I lost my mind at that trailer. Oh my God. I was about ready to fall off my chair and yeah, it was insane. It was just insane. And then when they revealed that like we all had a pass to go see the premiere of the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi that night. And I had that wristband on and I was like, it's happening. (laughs) I was done for the day, except I had to stay alive because the Obi-Wan Kenobi was happening that night. I just remember (laughs) after that, it was just like we were walking around in an absolute daze. It was unmatched. Yeah. The adrenaline and the amount of like, just like running and planning, like, you know, it was wild. I couldn't believe that it, that we got it together and yeah, (laughs) I can't. That's the, that's the, that's the theme of my life is I can't believe mm-hmm. I got it together. Um, yeah. What was our, our what was our theme? It was Hall A to Hall A. Hall so A to Hall A, and that, it worked out. <laughs> our um. So this is my number one. So I'm just gonna speak on it now too, and so we can kind of go back and forth. Yeah. But like you were saying, we were all corralled in this basement, ready to get in on the first day of Star Wars Celebration. There's an annoying DJ yelling. <laughs> things that you could not understand and he's like it was really why hot is no, why is nobody listening to me did you say he was really hot no it was really hot oh, he was I, not I was like, hot <laughs> i'm pretty sure he was not hot i don't not- know actually i never saw him but like based <laughs> on how i was feeling about him i'm pretty sure he was uh maybe not hot but did you know i, I apologize you- to him if he's listening <laughs> <laughs> he's like I th- my mom thinks i'm hot did you notice that there was no djs after the first day i think they were like we're gonna cut this like no one likes this um <laughs> Everyone's freaking out. It's that first day. There's the adrenaline of like, where is it? We got to get into this thing. No one got into this thing. We're going to make it happen. And we get there and everyone's got their phones out. People are just like, it's every man or woman for themselves. And it's Except like, also like, there's that camaraderie because we're all planning together. We're yeah, all trying we all, to make it happen. We all want to get in, but it kind of felt at that moment like everyone was going to do what they had to do to get in themselves. Oh, <laughs> we I, all were. Yeah. But like, you know, so I, we see Jason, Gabe, and Brandon kind of go like, we're, we're going. And they just kind of get it, get in. Kara, I'm going to drop this tidbit for the, the world to hear. Kara cries to the guy and is like, I don't know what's happening. My it's my thing just doesn't work. And he's like, it's okay. And just gave her a wristband. It's the best part. It's and the best got, part. I love her for that because she was feeling oh, no. nervous about, about like, I was like, you got to be confident. You got to just like do it. And then and she pulls that. I was like, I'm proud of you. I, I just showed my Bad Batch QR code and the guy gave me and I was on my way into the main part. And so just going, it being called the Lucasfilm panel was, you know, obviously a big hint, but we didn't know exactly what we were, we were getting and how the frequency or the intensity of it. And let me tell you, my entire life changed after that panel. I might, <laughs> my, my shirt was wet. My mask was wet afterwards from tears Kara and I were just like ugly crying in the in the rafters together and like she was like hitting my arm the whole time John Williams presence you know how they say like Dolly Parton walks into a room and like kind of just transforms the energy of the entire room Mm -hmm. John Williams was very much like that in his own way just the kindness radiates off of him you know this is I'm not unique in this but he's one of my musical heroes like I got detention I got detention and banned one time because at a concert uh, one of our like our concerts, I went bump, 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 bump at the end. Like in my, I would play trombone and I added like a John Williams like ending that wasn't there on a song because I was just so obsessed with Star Wars music and Jurassic Park music and Indiana Jones music. So like he was, he's just been my guy for so long. And to see him 
on his 90th birthday or like around his 90th birthday and then have Harrison Ford come out and wish him a happy birthday and just say the <laughs> kindest words to him. And then he plays the Obi-Wan Kenobi theme for the first time with a full orchestra. Oh, by the way, this panel started with a choir of people with red fog around them doing the duel of the fates. Cor- <laughs> cor- apart. That, when that started, I was like, Oh shit, we're yeah, not going to survive this. I took off like running down the aisle and like fake jumped down the stairwell, you know, like it was just like, it was over. He comes out and plays, conducts this full orchestra for the Obi-Wan Kenobi theme. And is like, here's a little piece that is not stars, but you might know it well. Mm-hmm. And then it's the Raiders march, And we're like, Holy shit, Holy shit, Holy shit. And Harrison Ford just strolls out. And then he's like, time for my encore got to play the hits and like plays the imperial march with the full orchestra of course, and it's like he has to it's insane and it's like that could have been the whole weekend that could have been the entirety of star wars celebration and i would have been fine yeah that would have been it i would have been like best celebration and it was just the morning panel on the first day yeah we definitely celebrated i was like tired afterwards so then i guess my number one would be the obi-wan kenobi premiere it was unreal to be able to watch like i said at the beginning the thing that the star wars celebration is all about like you watch it there yeah like i the excitement in the room beforehand like the people are going wild they're giving us they're throwing Pringles at us. They're throwing <laughs> these frosted flakes at us. We're fighting over them like they're like gold, <laughs> these boxes of frosted flakes. And we're just losing our minds. And just the experience of watching new Star Wars, brand new Star Wars. No one has seen it. Only the people in this room have seen it. And the people in the other rooms that they were showing. <laughs> you know, But it was only three rooms. And then for the first time, in a room full of Star Wars fans, I thought maybe I wouldn't love that, but like you could hear a pin drop. Like everybody was just on the edge of their seats. But then, like the collective sounds that happened, that like when they cut to Vader at the end of that episode, the scream, the massive, like the sound was like pandemonium, like truly, like. <laughs> Like you heard demons from hell, like screaming at the same, it was insane. Like that energy level, you cannot beat it. And then for that to be like, and then there's another episode. It's, it was too much. It was too much. It was too much. It was too much, but in the best possible way. And then after that, I just remember like wandering into the night, the Anaheim night and just being absolutely in a daze. I went, we went to Denny's, me and my sister, just to eat some food and we didn't talk the whole time. I think that we just like fell down onto the table. Like we looked like we we had just ever, our souls were taken out of our bodies and they had not returned to us yet. And I yeah. think that like that was, that was the first day of celebration. Everything I was hearing was, seemed so great. Like the reception of little Leia, um, mm-hmm. her coming out, like hugging the cast and things like that too. I really, I really do wish that I could have been there, but it sounded so, so cool for everyone that was there. I kept telling myself like, well, they, they announced that it's going to play early, but it's really, you want to be in there where people are screaming at every crazy thing that happens and like be a part of that energy. So that's mm-hmm. awesome that you got to be a part of it. And did, did you get Pringles? I got Frosted Flakes. Yeah, I, I hoped to get Frosted Flakes because I'm all about those Frosted Flakes. And yes, we <laughs> ate them for breakfast on one of the days because we didn't have time to go downstairs to the hotel breakfast. And it was a great choice, except I was starving later that day because they are not particularly nutritiously dense. Yeah, yeah, Frosted Flakes are not very nourishing. 
Um, they, they, they fueled me with the force. <laughs> my, my number one was the Lucasfilm panel. I'll go with my number two to close this out. They had on Friday night, Disneyland was open special hours for the Star Wars night. I was lucky enough to be able to go to that. Uh, very fortunate with someone that's not very affluent to have someone that was that helped me out with that. I went there with Kara DJ and met Jason and Gabe and our, our friend Kyle from Grand Rapids as well. Um, and then, you know, people started showing up and we ate Ronto wraps and drank Tatooine sunsets and a Ronto wrap is one of the most delicious things I've ever, ever had. Gabe referred to it as a star Wars hot dog. And I was like looking up Ronto wrap clone recipes when I got home, mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm going I'm to make these myself. They'd all gone on Wednesday. And so they were kind of taking it a little easier, which is like not their issue. It was mine. I was very like, this is, I think my one chance to go to Disneyland ever. I got to go. So I just like instinctively took off. <laughs> I just left the group and I was like, I'm, I at least need to go on the Millennium Falcon. If Rise of the Resistance is not open right now, I need at least need to do that smugglers run. So I got mm-hmm. in line for that. It moved really quickly. Uh, we got coaxium with a group of guys I've never met before in my life, but we all cheered when we all got it together. Like, I got to yell, punch it to go into hyperspace in the Millennium oh. Falcon. It was very fun. I was a, I was the left and right pilot, which I guess is like the coveted spot. And I was like, yes, I got the full experience. But I came back out and my phone died. Oh, and no. My phone died and they were everyone was nowhere to be found. Everyone had gone to do their own thing. Like the last, the last contact I had was with Kara. I'd gone over to Rise of the Resistance and my phone died in line there. So I was like, I guess it's just me. <laughs> I'm just like it fully embraced it. And so I went on Rise of the Resistance, got off that, checked out all the shops in Batu, and then I was like doing the rest of it. And I just like it became like a hallucinatory like spirit quest experience. You became where, like, one with the park. I told Jason I became the one last free man because I just had no phone, <laughs> no phone, and no ties. To everyone, I was just like darting from ride to ride. I went on like Big Thunder Mountain. Jungle Cruise, Indiana Jones, Hyperspace Mountain, and then back to those rides again and again. There was like no line because everyone was in Batu, and it was dark. The, it was compl- <gasps> like night had fallen completely, and I couldn't find anyone. I went, yeah, I went Star Tours twice, and it was just this really bizarre. Super, <laughs> I was like, did I die? This part is the part that's giving me the most FOMO. Is not even the Batu stuff, but the idea of like going around Disneyland in the dark by yourself. And it's like, you have the part to yourself. I, that is the part that's making me like having intense FOMO. That is the dream. It was like um, Pleasure Island in Pinocchio where I was like, this is too much fun. And it's a trick to trap me here. I was like going on Indiana Jones. I just walked right on. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad just walked right on. And the attendant was like, welcome. You've always been here. You know, and like. (laughs) You've always been the caretaker here. And you're like, yes. Welcome, Mr. Disney. And I was like, what? That's not me. And I like got on the Indiana Jones ride with the, um, the podcast, The Ringerverse. Two people from there, I was like, are you Joe, me, and Chuck from The Ringerverse? And they were like, yeah. We all rode Indiana Jones together. <laughs> it was like so, awesome. It was so insane. And then I randomly ran into Kara and Jason and Gabe again. And I was like, you guys, like, I don't, I don't know what just happened to me. (laughs) Oh, all right. So next time I am doing Star Wars night and I'm doing the same thing. Like, oh yeah, I'll I'll spend some time in Batuu with like the Star Wars folks, but I feel like at some point me and my sister are going to just like break free. The closest I ever came to that was when I did a Disney world trip after graduating college with my best friend. And we like, our hack was to just run around um, Magic Kingdom at night while the fireworks show was going on because nobody would be anywhere else. They'd all be like oh, watching the fireworks. So yeah. 
it was a similar feeling, like free reign of the park. Like we'd just like run to Pirates of the Caribbean, run to Space Mountain, run to this, run to that, and just like no line. But even that was not what you're describing. Like I can't, that sounds amazing. I, I see why that's number one. Or that was number two for you. That could have been number one for me. Just like it was like a tie. It was like repeat I was like, access to Thunder Mountain Railroad and then Indiana Jones. Like, oh my God, take me yeah, there now. It, well, it's like the Indiana Jones ride, but then we actually saw the real Indiana Jones in person, you know? So that was so one yeah, actually, there is that. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it was just a really insane, insane experience. Uh, and it, you just got to dip, you know? Yeah. No offense to anyone that was there. I, they literally went on rides probably two minutes after I took off. <laughs> I think they I think they just needed to like finish their Ronto wraps and they were like good to go. But I was like, I gotta go. And I just like got overtaken the Disneyland fever and I was and, off. Uh, like, yeah, I understand off it. Off into the night. That's our top five moments at Star Wars Celebration 2022 in Anaheim. We'll list all that homework on our socials here so you can check out those other podcasts if you don't know them already. I'm sure you do. They're a lot more notable than this one. <laughs> I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. Oh. He's holding me back. We talked a little bit about the main experience at this celebration being the Obi-Wan Kenobi premiere. We're four episodes into the series now, and we thought it would kind of be a fool's errand to go through and like recap every episode so essentially what we're going to do is just kind of take a thirty thousand foot view of the series thus far we were talking a little bit before we recorded how it's essentially a full movie and we you know it's hard to tell how you really really feel about it till it's completed it's not like mandalorian or boba fett which was mm-hmm. were very like serialized you know had some had some continuity towards the ends of the seasons but like it was really more so just individual adventure of the week type episodes. This definitely feels like more of a continuous experience. So it's hard to say where we're at. Yeah. It really feels like a six hour movie. It it doesn't feel like a TV show that has even like some of the most, you know, there are seasons of rebels or even like the bad batch. I'll think of as an example of like an extremely cohesive storytelling season of a show where it like felt very focused, but even that has like individual plots for each episode, a little conclusion, a little bit of quote unquote filler, which I mean, like, I don't, I hate that word. I think of it as like a fun episode, you know, which is like, you know, that's like TV. That's how TV works. This doesn't feel like that. This feels like we are getting a six hour Star Wars movie that we are watching in our roughly long chunks. You know what I mean? It's like episode 3.5. It exists in this weird limbo of episode three in uh, A New Hope. And then it definitely has that more cinematic approach to it. I have some thoughts about how far that goes, but we can talk about that too. Going into it, we kind of talked about it on the trailer reaction uh, episode. Expectations are sky high. So what are your impressions thus far? I mean, I am loving it. I, I feel like it's what it I expected it to be, which is kind of... but. After those first two episodes, I kind of don't even know what to say because I feel like all this stuff is happening that I like, you know, I'm used to on the TV shows of them like dancing around certain like big deal character things like they're they're like playing in the big sandbox that the movies play and they're playing with like the, the Skywalkers with Darth Vader with Anakin with all of this big stuff, but they're not like 
dealing with it head on. But like the fact that they have little Leia and all this stuff happening, Obi-Wan, Darth Vader, it's just there. It's on the screen. I feel like this show is kind of just like, I'm just along for the ride at this point. I don't even know how to freak out about anything because everything I'm seeing is just something that would make me lose my mind and die in any other TV show as a singular moment. And it's everything that's happening in this. So yeah, it's a, I'm loving it. (laughs) I'm really into it, but I also am like kind of overwhelmed by it. It's definitely, it's overwhelming. It kind of knocks you off your access a little bit where, Uh are you a Simpsons fan? Do you watch the Simpsons? Yes. You know how when Mr. Burns has that disease, that's like every disease at once. And Mm -hmm. they're all trying to get through the door. The only reason he's still alive is because none of the diseases can get through because he's got them all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I feel, but replace those like viruses with like the inside out Pixar emotions. Like I'm mm-hmm. feeling everything, everything I can possibly feel about Star Wars at once in one show where I'm like insane highs. I feel let down by certain things. I feel overwhelmed. I feel excited. I feel all these different things at once. And it's like, after those first two episodes, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, whoa. But the second episode ends on Vader in the back to tank. Like, that's what I've wanted since Rogue One, where you see him just a little bit. It cuts away before you even see his head, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the back to tank. And not just not just him in the back to tank, but I'm just saying like Vader in the flesh, Vader in your face. I'm at once excited and and in love with the show but there's part of me when you employ darth vader in a show or when you deploy darth vader in a show i need it to be a little bit bigger than that all the moments with him are incredible but he does kind of feel like a character in this like ensemble cast where it's like that's darth vader man kind of felt like lebron james playing on the grand rapids gold if you put like the biggest superstar in the nba on a g league team in grand rapids and he's just like i don't know what i'm doing here (laughs) um you're 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 pulling obi-wan kenobi and Darth Vader and Leia, these are big deal Star Wars characters. And it's like, sometimes it's like, it's all hitting. And sometimes I'm like, I I wish this was a movie because it feels kind of small. And I know it's supposed to feel small and intimate and it's more about angst and trauma and more about the personal journey of these characters. That's not, this is not to say I don't like the show. This is just like the thing that's keeping me from loving it, loving it, loving it is like we have these huge characters that are kind of doing small things. I can kind of see the seams a little bit more than you can in the movies where, or even with like Mandalorian, I feel like Mandalorian really fleshes out the world and I can kind of see them on a soundstage here. That being said, the moments that are hitting are so incredible. Like on this last episode with Obi-Wan Kenobi in the back to tank, I guess I'm really big into people in back to tanks, but like- It's all about the back to tanks. (laughs) Back to basics, baby. Them kind of sensing each other and sensing that they both had just failed. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi had failed Vader again and Vader had failed Kenobi to kill Kenobi. And it's like just this, it's just so angsty and great. And then it's just kind of like, with everything else, I, lo- I love Reva as a character. If you mm-hmm. are one of the people that are disrespecting her, feel racist tones or <laughs> calling her racist names, you can like just fuck right off and not listen to the show and get out of here with that. I love her character. I think she's great. I think she's phenomenal. I don't know what we're building to with all the other stuff because when you put Obi-Wan and Vader to get together, that's really all I care about. And I obviously I care about little Leia. I care about what's happening with Reva and she's an interesting character, but it's like, I'm constantly wanting to go back to Obi-Wan and Vader, but you also can't play that piece too much with Vader. 
again, that's Darth Vader. That's the number one overall draft pick. You know, that's that's Vader. You can't use him too much, but it's like also all I want to see is that back and forth between the two of them and like the cat and mouse. I really needed this last episode to pick mm-hmm. me back up. And that's what got me back on track was like not the action of it, but like just the progression and seeing mm-hmm. where that's going, where Kenobi's kind of getting his groove back and just kind of going back through and feeling out the force again and remembering what it's like to be a hero, remembering what it's like to be able to connect to the force and seeing that slow ramp up mm-hmm. to the old Kenobi we knew is, is thrilling. Mm-hmm. And Ewan is, Ewan is fantastic. Everyone in the show is great. Everyone's oh, crushing it. Yeah. That's mostly where I'm coming from with that. I can't pretend to sit here and be like, everything's perfect about it the whole time, but it's also like, it's so, so good. I can see where you're coming from with the, with the feeling of like trying to reconcile the fact that these are really, this is really big stake Star Wars happening on a small screen and on a smaller scale than what we're used to seeing. And therefore that could be a little disarming. I think that my point of view is that I think that that's one of the reasons I'm kind of so obsessed with it is that I find it kind of daring in how sort of intimate it is like to see this. I, I feel like I'm watching something that I never dreamed I would be able to see, which is to see these massive big stakes characters, Leia, Obi-Wan, and Darth Vader in this fairly, this very dialogue heavy, very like emotion heavy, low action set piece kind of story. For me, that's like shocking Star Wars storytelling, but like in the best possible way. And I think that's one reason why each episode I go away from saying like that was incredible because I can't believe that I just saw some Star Wars where it was just like a conversation that Obi-Wan Kenobi is having with a little Leia in the back of a van. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this is this is it for me. And I don't know, I, I just feel like that is something that like, I can understand the point of view because there is something strange about it where you're like, this feels like it should be bigger. And yet... I find the fact that 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 I find that strangeness to be the exact reason why it's working so well for me because it's just mm-hmm. exactly what I needed but not exactly what any of us expected. And I do think that I understand the like concept of Vader being oh he should be like it should be like bigger, but I also have been thinking about it more as Anakin and kind of like an extension of him from like the Clone Wars show. He's act. He's at a different stage than he is at other points, but like he's still very formidable. And I think that it's kind of an interesting, different vibe of Vader. Like I will say that like it's kind of like the Rogue One hallway scene, but not quite as like Jason Voorhees, but a little bit there. Sure. And yeah. I like it. I dig it. I I understand the sort of wanting a little more. One thing I will say that I would like to see more of is I'd like to see more of Hayden. In there, yeah. I think that I would like some flashbacks or force visions or something. Um, he could be doing some of the voice work, he could be doing some of the stuff in the suit, but like we don't, we can't know that because it's not actually him. So I want more of him. I loved that like creepy kind of vision of him on the on the desert. That was awesome. I want more of that. That's my favorite part of the show so it's far. It's so like, good. That hallucination, that like trauma hallucination of like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Revenge of the Sith Anakin, just staring yeah. him down still. So and good. That, and that's, and I don't want to get people confused. I don't need Darth Vader to be like the rogue one scene. I don't, I don't need him to be like 
super badass or anything like that because i that's not what i like about darth vader i love the tragedy of him i love mm-hmm. the the malaise and the like self punishment aspect mm-hmm. of, of of vader and it's not so much like plot wise how they're treating him because i think he's great in that mm-hmm. regard there is like a uh middle management kind of feeling to him where he's just like he's just kind of like checking to make sure everyone's got their reports done where he's like hey, what's going well, on in here well, um, let's be honest that's kind of where he is at this stage it, in it, his it, career it is, though it's true yeah for sure he's like a, he's he like has a, not gotten the executor yet he's not he hasn't gotten his own ship yeah he's like a re- regional manager checking in very on scary all regional manager yeah absolutely but like so it's not necessarily that it's kind of this sounds really pretentious but it's just kind of like the way the camera treats him it just kind of feels like he's like Hey, it's me, Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> I can vibe with that. I can vibe with that. I can understand. And I, I maybe on a rewatch, like a, a little things like a cinematography choice might be more noticeable to me. Right now, I'm just like definitely in that moment where I'm just like, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi dealing with his trauma. Like, I, can't, I never thought I'd see this. And it's oh, being yeah. done very well. Yeah. So like, if there are... It's not flawless. No Star Wars thing is flawless. But for me, it's just like the, the winds are just so overwhelmingly there that I just can't care about any, anything else. Just those little moments where Obi-Wan's like, Have you ever been afraid of the dark? How does it feel when you turn on the light? I feel safe. Yes, it feels like that. Oh, God damn it. Little Leia is so good. Flawless. I feel like I'm watching Carrie Fisher. She's simultaneously such a good actress, but not one of those child actors who doesn't feel like an actual kid. You know, when a child actor is like acting like a little adult, like she acts like a kid. Like she reminds me of the kids who I teach at school. So that like when sure. she's like yeah. scared, I'm getting really choked up. But like she is legitimately so good and like unexpected scene stealer for me. Like, Oh, I'm yeah, just wonderful. so into her. And I just, yeah, I just can't. And I, I mean, I feel like Reva is such an interesting character. I'm curious to see how it's all going to play out. I, it's one of those things where it's like these people who are being racist. I mean, like y'all just admit you're racist because she's undeniably giving a killer performance. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and so it's like one of those things episode. where it's like, you, you don't have any, any leg to stand on because from the beginning, I'm like that actress is owning every scene she's in who is she what's she been in i need to find out it's like you know you can't even say oh i don't like her acting it's like no you're just racist because like that doesn't and, even make sense she's yeah, incredible you're just, <laughs> you're, just come, you're just it's like when people say like oh go woke go broke and it's like what they mean by woke is you have people of color in this that i don't and like then you, being in yeah there. exactly and it's, it's, disgusting. And it's, it's, it's that feeling and what they're all missing i don't want to spend too much time talking about them because yeah. that's they just don't deserve anybody's time the character is supposed to be flawed and not as scary as she wants to be yeah because this is a villain and she's an she she can't be like darth vader she's she's an insecure villain like she's which is interesting yeah that's an interesting interesting character that makes her her more off the rails when she needs to be because she wants to just be she needs the acceptance that's really what's fascinating and and she's i don't watch it through that scope of like what don't they like about her because i'm just like enthralled by her i think yeah she's she's great so good Exactly. That's kind of the the thing too, where I, I it's really unfair for me to feel that way about like where's this going because it's not over yet, and so to see ultimately how this all laces together and what that means, like I clearly she's going to be 
one of the children that was in order 66 at the beginning of the show mm -hmm. but like what's the what's the fallout from that is that she was just on her own and had to fend for her own self even though she was promised this fellowship in the jedi order she found the wrong found family the, the inverse of the found family trope of star wars and like she found the wrong one and it corrupted her and brought her to be an inquisitor because obviously it's very interesting and notable that she's not in rebels so it's like mm -hmm. something has to happen um and like all this back and forth stuff about like they don't know the continuity the inquis the grand inquisitor doesn't die and it's like let star wars do its thing like i mean have you watched star wars people like unless i see like a full-on dead body and like a like darth maul come on <laughs> well, yeah. we, we know we know these this technology exists <laughs> There's so much, yeah, and like, you know, there's things more terrifying than death, like, and it's like, also the, um, it's so hard, I feel like there is something that they might be going in that direction with Reva, and that's something I'm kind of loving about this, is that like, there's that part where Obi-Wan is talking about missing his family too, which I'm like, that's another thing where I'm just like, is this really happening? Am I dead? Or is this happening? <laughs> like, that's being talked about by Obi-Wan, oh my god. Like, they're kind of looking into like kind of how it's a little messed up some of the things the jedi did in this like they they brought it up already i think that they might be going in that direction with reva which i'm all for because it's a little bit it is a little messed up <laughs> taking little it's kids definitely. away from their families yeah, and being like is. here you go and then you know i mean we all saw i mean i we all saw what that did to anakin i mean i'm not saying it's all the jedi's fault but like you know you take somebody away from their like mother and then just like don't let them process their trauma or emotions in any healthy way like kind of went where it was going to go unfortunately or, yeah, or, or have no attachments or no one exactly to, like, like it's there's the a lot of with, flaws well, with how things were done which is why i mean like i i get exactly what luke was saying in the last jedi and everyone's like all upset about it but he's right i will say though when they cut to the underwater swimming in this latest episode I normally I'm just dead silent when I'm watching the show because I can't even process what I'm seeing. Right, right, right. Like I'm just like dead. I'm already dead. But when that happened, I just started cheering. I was just like, yes! Yeah! Underwater! Star Wars fish! The Phantom Menace! Oh my god! I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> and then on top of that, when the water starts rushing into the thing and he's holding it back with the force, and I was just Killer. like, this is the the shit i am yeah, here for like absolutely yeah this show's keeping it quiet but when it goes big it goes big in my way like i'm just like yes that was so cool we got sneaky obi-wan again we, he's sneaking around uh, i love, what, I love I what obi Wan sneaks around one of my favorite i was loving this episode so much because one of my favorite genres of star wars is sneaking past imperials it's like <laughs> you like sneaky star wars oh so good <laughs> sneaky star wars like Rogue One, when they're all like pretending to be people, that episode, that incredible episode of uh, The Mandalorian, The Believers, my, one of my favorite episodes of Star yeah, Wars so anywhere. Uh, all the stuff in Rebels season three with like Callus sneaking around and they're sneaking oh, around yeah. on that. Any, anytime someone's like sneaking past Imperials, pretending to be Imperials, doing Imperial like spy things. Oh, I love it. I was just like, you as soon as I it. realized that was happening, I was like, yes, my favorite form of star wars is back sneaky star wars sneaky star wars is the best star wars but it's yeah the best. like i said that this episode not just because of the, the action but like mm -hmm. the the ramping up of stakes brought me back into it because i was like what are we gonna what are we learning about obi-wan that we don't already know besides 
that he's kind of trying to commune, learn the path to joining the cosmic force when he go when it's t- his time to go and like reuniting with Qui Gon, because that doesn't seem fair to people that don't know, you know, like who, who but who amongst us is like watching it that doesn't really know that that's a a possibility and like a huge development. But do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. what are we learning about Obi Wan that we don't know besides like he has a brother that <laughs> he is dealing with this trauma of Anakin, and it's like. One of those moments where it kind of felt not not go, not trying to go into bummer territory again, but like I think about I don't I don't I'm sorry for even doing this, but I, the the way the way I felt about hearing the Emperor's laugh in the Rise of Skywalker trailer mm-hmm. and being like that is awesome, yeah, and then like after the fact, kind of processing that, and I was like, oh, that didn't really like that kind of was a ominous sign of what was to come in terms of the quality of that because it's like if they're letting mm-hmm. us know that right away it's kind of the similar feeling of like oh what did i expect from an obi-wan show because it's kind of like a careful what you wish for a moment because it's like the biggest figures you can pull off the shelf to play with right mm-hmm. we have to kind of be going towards something we don't know about not like a shocking revelation but just like we're, we we got to take obi-wan from point a to point b Mm-hmm. in this series for it to exist. It's definitely not exactly what I think a lot of people expected, which I think is... Right. There lies the fact that like I don't know what my expectations for the rest of it are, so I need to just shed them and get rid of them and just ride the last two episodes out and see where it goes because I don't know what I want to learn more about Obi-Wan Kenobi than what I've already seen. Does that yeah. make sense? Like, Well, because... I think that this really put that path in place a little bit more this episode sure. because you saw just like a kind of depressed, scared, uh, bitter, traumatized Obi-Wan for the first three episodes. And then this episode like brought him to the lowest point at the end of the third episode and then brought, you start to see where it's going a little bit because he has this reconnection, not just to the force, but to like caring about something like caring about Leia and it's kind of like, I, I, I'm seeing where it's going now because I'm seeing we all like, he is not happy at the end of Revenge of the Sith. And then he no. is has a purpose at the beginning of sure. A New Hope. So I, I feel like this episode really helped put that into place. Like this is going to be a show about Obi-Wan finding his purpose again. Like how do we get from angsty fishmonger Obi-Wan to the Obi-Wan that believes in a chosen one and the mm-hmm. ability to vanquish evil at the end of the original trilogy? And that that is important. That's an important journey. And it's like, I don't know what I, what I expect more than that. I, mm-hmm. I just feel so huge to see mm-hmm. these all these characters back again that like, I think my expectation is just so high. Not that I need to scale it back. I just need to like aim it where the show is going for it to, for me to. Yeah. I think you just have to go along for the ride because at this point, this show is just like, it's a movie, it's a six hour movie. And it's kind of like approaching it with a, like trying to like figure out like the arc of a season, the way one does with a show. It's, it's just like, it's not even doing that. So that's kind of where I'm at. You know, Mm -hmm. we didn't go into too many specifics, but I just, I feel like it's, definitely not disappointing to me and I don't hate the show by any means. It's not something that I, that I dislike. I needed to be a complete six part story before mm-hmm. I really go in and then dive into what I feel about the whole thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm unexpectedly like emotionally all over the place about Obi-Wan, but I should have expected it because it's Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader. It's, so it's I like, mean, he's emotionally all over the place too. Yeah. And, 
evaders don't even get me started. So I think that we're actually on the, I think you might be in the right place. <laughs> yeah. Speaking, speaking of a messy bitch, that Vader, man. Yeah. Um, oh God. I feel bad. I, I do think that Vader is handled well. I just think it, there's just moments where it's just like, well, I mean, it definitely doesn't feel like there's moments where you're like this, there is something kind of incongruous about seeing Darth Vader on your TV, you know, yeah. in your living room, on your laptop, yeah. on your phone, like, and it's new Darth Vader doing things you've never seen before. Yeah, I think that's it a great point. A, it might just be a, a, a process of getting used to Star Wars on TV and also yeah, just seeing Star Wars it. on TV get its get its feet on the ground because, like, it's, it's a new format for it. I mean, it's yeah. not a new format for certain types of storytelling, but for this type of storytelling, it's a new format for it. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that the, the the show in terms of story, character, writing, all that, I feel like that's executed flawlessly for me. If some of the other stuff, like, feels off because it's on TV and maybe that's something they could perfect more in the future, I can see that. But for me, it's just like... So long as the rest of the stuff is hitting, I can let that slide and like know that they'll work it out eventually. You did really touch on something there where it's like, I can't fathom the idea of someone meeting Darth Vader for the first time on an iPad. Exactly, exactly. And we know people are watching it there. Meeting him for the first time on a television series on your iPad just feels like gross to me for some reason. Um, but to be fair, I met him for the first time on a tiny TV in a rec room in the 90s in Panistan, and it the, still worked for me. So facts. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm emotionally invested in Star Wars or something. Yeah. I, uh, the, uh, I think that's a good place to, to wrap it up, um, unless you have anything else you want to add. This kind of felt like a therapy session because I feel like, yeah, it's good. I like it. Actually, I do like it. You're right. So <laughs> any uh, anything else you want to add before we head out? I love Star Wars, and I... <laughs> I mean, even though the end of Celebration is sad and the far too quickly over Obi-Wan Kenobi show is sad, I'm also thinking about all the stuff we saw at Celebration, including that Andor trailer. Holy shit. And I'm thinking about the fact that I actually think we might be having so much Star Wars that it's actually probably a good thing that this is only six episodes because oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. there's too much. It's too much. And I mean that in the best possible way because I'm so excited for all of it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, tuning into this special celebration Obi-Wan Kenobi wrap-up episode. We will be back next week with more of our Jurassic Park series. Who knows what's next? Once that series is over, the sky is the limit. So as always, thank you for tuning in. If you like what you hear, follow us on Instagram at B1N1Pod. Follow us, subscribe, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Ring the bell on Spotify and rate us five stars on there as well. Thank you to Christian Kramel for our theme music. And uh, thank you, Stephanie Cole, for your uh, second official podcast as a Star Wars correspondent. And it was great to meet you in person. So Yeah, happy to be back. We'll have a lot more to talk about. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> may the force be with you. And we'll see you next time.